You are welcome to Cabin Devils, ladies and gentlemen. My name is David, and tonight I'm joined by Mr. Chip one more time as we go through this second piece um, of our topic tonight concerning our thoughts. And remember, we are really picking this conversation all the way from uh, 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 3. I will read it for us one more time. But I am afraid that as a serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. And that's going to be our theme not only for tonight, but also coming Friday. So thank you so much, guys, for joining us. Please just click that button with an arrow pointing outward that will allow you to share either on your WhatsApp status or in the groups that you belong to. Invite your friends to be a part of Cabin Devils tonight. Go ahead and invite them as we get ready to start tonight. You're welcome to Cabin Devils, gentlemen and ladies. Awesome, awesome, Percy. Great to have you. Captains, you are welcome. Jenny, you are welcome to Cabin Devils tonight. You know, my favorite site that I like, I like to refer to is Oswald Chambers Atmost.org. Uh, and I, I was just checking out a couple of thoughts that he has concerning our topic tonight. And he says something in Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3. Um, he has this article that he has entitled, Is Your Mind Stayed on God? Is Your Mind Stayed on God? That's a beautiful question to ask, especially after listening to this song. His promises from the rising to the setting of the same. Great is his faithfulness. But are we as steadfast when it comes to our hearts? I mean, in his word, he has said his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. When we are unfaithful, he remains faithful. Talk about thoughts being led astray. But this is what he says. Isaiah 26 verse 3 says, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Talking about thoughts being led astray. I mean, we may think in different ways how our hearts can be and have been uh, led astray. But until recently, and by recently, I mean really a couple of hours ago, as I was preparing for this show, I had not thought about these thoughts being led astray, especially in the area of being nervous or being anxious. Why? Because when you look at the news, you look at, uh, and by news, I'm referring to social media, because most of us, that's where we get our news from, you realize that the world is burning, literally. Everyone is about to die. And there's so much anxiety. When you hear friends being sick, when you hear friends not being well, there's a sense in which we can quickly become anxious and stop to trust. But this is what Oswald Chambers has to say. He says, ask the question, is your mind stayed on God or is it starved? Starvation of the mind caused by neglect is one of the chief sources of exhaustion and weakness in a servant's life. If you have never used your mind to place yourself before God, begin to do it now. There is no reason to wait for God to come to you. You must turn your thoughts and your eyes away from the face of idols and look to him and be saved. Your mind is the greatest gift God has given you and it ought to be devoted entirely to him entirely to him you should seek to be bringing every thought into captivity 
to the obedience of Christ. That is 2 Corinthians chapter 10, 5. This the greatest assets of your faith when a time of trial comes, because then your faith and the Spirit of God will work together. When you have thoughts ideas that are worthy of credit to God, learn to compare and associate them with all that happens in nature. And this is the example that he gives. And he talks about the rising and the setting of the sun, the shining of the moon and the stars, and the changing of season. He says, you will begin to see that your thoughts are from God as well. And your mind will no longer be at the mercy of your impulsive thinking, but will yield in service of God. That is a great way to think about it. That when our minds are being led us to it, let's look at what God has made, everything He has done. And I know you guys are familiar with the song, How Great Thou Art. And it says, When I see the birds, when I hear the birds singing in the trees, when I see the skies, when I see the stars in the sky, I'm amazed at what God can do or what he has already done. And I think that way, in some one way or another, will put our hearts to rest, to fully understand that he cares for us, not to be anxious about anything. But hey, Chip, what's up? How have you been doing? How is your mind right now? <laughs> well, I would say that uh, one of the coolest things about uh, the topic that you're in is really the the understanding of the things and thinking about all the things in our lives that could distract us from uh, his truth. Um, it's so easy for us to get consumed with uh, what everybody else is saying that we forget to go to the source of the truth. And the source of the truth is not people. It's not humans. It's it's uh, the Lord. And uh, I, I think there's been some great reminders for me, um, even this week, as I've been going through some of these passages of what you just said. I, I don't think it could have been said any uh, clearer than to Make sure our minds are focused on him. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much. You know, in trying to look at this same topic uh, tonight, uh, talking about God's word, there's a very scary passage. Not scary, but the, I'm, I'm using the word scary because... But if you look at chapter 10 um, in... Uh, Verse 3, verse 3, talking about the mind, it says, For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war. Think about that, waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish Every disobedience, when your disobedience is, when your obedience, sorry, is complete. And I mean, is this, do you ever feel like this, Chip, that there's really a battle going on in your mind? Would you care to share with us a scenario where this has happened to you, either recently or in the past, where you have felt like your head or your mind or your heart is really uh, in a battle or at war? with arguments and lofty opinion hmm. i think uh the the greatest time that i ever experienced was this last summer in uh COVID. this was even before my uh dad had passed away but uh um it was the doubt and uncertainty of whether or not i was doing exactly what god wanted me to do um i felt uh i felt distant maybe a little disconnected and I was struggling. I was struggling with, 
with my mind like hey was this did i make the right decision um did i leave my church for the right reason did i move to the ministry for the right reason did i uh, did i um, move my family for the right reason and as time has um gone along i began to realize how god has worked through all of that but man when i could not see um what was in front of me and it just seemed like everything was going against me i began to have this war within my mind and i can be honest and say when i had that war in my mind i didn't go straight to god's word to to find assurance but the moment that i did is when the freedom came and um, i could begin to win that battle but when i tried to do it on my own I, it just got worse and worse and worse Mm. Mm. And and that 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 is uh, is exactly what you began with in talking about our thoughts um or your thoughts in asking the question am I believing uh what men are saying or am I believing what God is saying and it's clear that we find assurance when we go back uh to his word But ladies and gentlemen allow me to invite another very good friend of mine Pastor Dennis uh if you could please call in just tap that call in button Uh, on your phone and uh, I'm going to ask you to lead us in a word of prayer. Um I know I'll get a chance to interview you at some point on Friday, but I just thought it would be awesome uh, just to hear from you uh, tonight as you pray with us as we get ready to start our discussion tonight. Pastor Dennis, you are live and you are welcome to Cabin Devils. How have you been? I'm doing awesome, David. Thank you so much for the invite today. All right, before you pray, can I just ask you what you think about yes, our topic tonight? Um just some simple thoughts of what we are talking about tonight concerning our thoughts. Oh man, uh it's it's a, uh, our mind can be uh the devil or the holy spirit playground. Uh if you if you look in Genesis chapter 3, 1 to 7, you mm. see how the serpent uh tempted uh Eve. It was mm. actually in her mind. He was giving a suggestion. It's mm. and and the way we know the devil being so crafty, he mm. just turned a little bit what God really said. God said mm. specifically, you will not eat from this tree in the middle of the garden. But mm. uh, when the devil was talking to Eve, he said any. So instead of being precise, Uh, mm. the devil was planting already doubt in mm. Eve's mind so mm. i think it's an amazing if we can train our minds uh to stand fast and believe and uh, uh walk with the word of god that will be our life will be bulletproof yeah mm. Ben, Ben, I can't wait to have you uh this coming Friday as we continue with the rest of uh, this verse in talking about a pure devotion uh to God. But thank you. I mean, it's clear even from the verse we're going to be looking at time. today. Uh in verse 3, it's clear that it all started the best example is to go back to Genesis uh, chapter 3. But Pastor Dennis, why don't you uh just simply uh open for us in prayer and just commit chip into God's hand as he gets ready to share with us from God's word tonight. Will you? With pleasure. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you and we honor you for your grace and mercy 
And we thank you for today, Lord. You have given us life one more time, and we don't take it for granted. And that's why we give you all the glory and all the honor. And Lord, I thank you for this amazing platform that you have created for us to be able to sharpen each other with the word of God. And today, Lord, as we talk and as we uh, speak of your word, Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit may take over and everything that we speak, let it come from you, Father, not our own experience, not our own minds, but from the Holy Spirit. And I thank you for our host, David. And Lord, I pray that you will guide him. I pray that your anointing will be over him. And I pray that your Holy Spirit will surround him and may your blood cover him in the name of Jesus. I pray for the audience, the people over the world, those that are following, that Father, today, they may not go the way they came, but Father, they will get their portion from the word today. I bless your name, Father. Let your name be glorified now and forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Dennis, and I uh, hope to see you again um, on Friday. But yes, Chip, uh, yes, why don't you take us away in God's word tonight? Uh, we are ready. Chip, you're welcome. Well, I really enjoyed our time together on Monday as we did talk about that passage in Genesis chapter 3 and the fact that Satan knows everything about us in terms of, of testing and seeing the things in our lives that will cause us to, to really fall uh, away from our relationship with the Lord. And I really just kind of want to go to the next steps with this, just like uh, uh, the title of this is, Your Thoughts, Good Thoughts Can Lead Us Astray, and, and just reflect on the specific thing we talked about last time, and that was deception is believing a lie. It's amazing how we can get caught into our own minds and begin to doubt the things that are around us. Um, but one of the things that is so true is that God's word is is really the stable force to bring us back. And I think many times we struggle coming back to there because there's something within us, uh, the sin of pride or, or, or something like that, that kind of prevents us from wanting to take a step in, in that walk with the Lord and just trusting that he will take care of us, um, if nothing else. But in James chapter 1, we were there on Monday, but I want to go to a different part of the passage in James chapter 1, verse 19. It says this, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear. Isn't that amazing that that's the first thing he says, is that we are to uh, be quick to listen. That we are to hear what we are, what we are being presented with. Slow to speak and slow to to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. So he says in verse 21, Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word, the things that the Holy Spirit has laid on our heart. That's the implanted word, which is able to save our souls. So when we are struggling with our thoughts, God's word brings um, brings back to us the life we need to to kind of get away from the deception and the doubt that Satan puts there. He, he knows the things in our lives that will distract us. So the first thing, obviously, that is so important is that he says we need to listen. We need to listen. We need to listen to the people that are talking to us. We need to uh, listen to, to understand whether or not it's truth. Uh, we need to listen to understand whether or not 
it could hurt us. We need to listen to understand whether or not we need to defend. Uh, we, but the first thing we need to do is listen. But then he also says, do not be angry. And a lot of times um, what Satan does is he, he allows uh, something that we hear, that's the deception, the thing that we hear to create conflict in our minds, whether it's doubting what we are, or who we are, or what we do, or what we could do, or how I look, or how I feel. And it's important that we do not get angry with the things that we are hearing, but that we are under control. But then he says, then he says, and this is very important, we are to surrender our sin. It says, therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word. We are to cleanse ourselves from sin. Most of the time, the deception that takes place in our lives is because we have allowed something, some sort of sin, or at least, or at least the beginning fruits of sin to come into our minds. And so many times when we are feeling like we are on the outskirts of things, it is important that we come to a place of surrendering ourselves, surrendering the sin that could be causing the conflict within our mind. And then the, the fourth thing I want you to know about this passage is do what, the God, what God's word tells you to do. It says, do verse 22, but be doers of the word and not hearers only. I, I, this verse is so important because it says we, it's not a matter of just listening to what we are hearing, but it is also doing it. So don't let someone's agenda mislead you through God's word is something I put here. So it's important that that uh, whatever we are being taught, that we can look at God's word and be able to apply it. If we look into God's word and it's not something that we can apply, then it could be deception. It's a good sign that there's probably deception. Uh, so I want you to go to another passage here because that, that was my first point. Our thoughts are led astray when we don't put into practice what we are hearing from God's word. The second thing I want us to talk about is our thoughts are led astray when we don't use our gifts. And in Ephesians 4, it's the passage on the unity of the body of Christ. And uh, our thoughts can be led astray when, when, when we don't use the gifts God has given us to use. Maybe it's the deception from Satan that says, uh, you, you want this gift. Man, my friend's got that gift over there. He's a great preacher. That my friend over there, he's so good with serving people. I want that gift. And so Satan deceives us into believing that whatever gift God has given us isn't of value. But what we see here in this passage is that all gifts are, are valuable for building up the body of Christ. Verse 1, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. This is very, very important. Not to what I think David has that I would like, but to what God called me to. So he says, walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. And this is what he says, that gift that you have been given do it with humility and gentleness. 
with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. He's saying, walk in your calling. Be a part of a body. Most of the time, deception comes in when when we're not a part of the things that God created for us. We we need the other pieces of the body. We need the other pieces of, of, of the church to be able to function in accordance to the way God intended us to function. We need, we need unity. We need our friends. We need to be encouraged, our Christian friends. So be a part of the body. And then listen to what it says. There is one body and one spirit. There's not a lot of them. There's just one. There's only one God. Just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. Look at that. Brings it right back to the value of the gift that he gave you. Your call. It is so important. He says there's one Lord. One faith, one baptism, one God and the Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Verse 7, it says, But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gifts. I think one of the, one of the greatest things that Satan uses to decept us is for us to believe that, that Christ's grace wasn't sufficient for me. And this verse, it throws that right out. He says, but grace was given to each one of us. And this is what's so cool. According to what we needed. It's not about what I think or how I think someone else is doing or how bad I think someone else is. Because it doesn't matter. God gave us grace according to what he knew we would need. And I'm so thankful for that. But the deception of Satan is that constant, that constant idea that, you know what? I'm not good enough. I was thinking about a story um, in lines of this, and it really goes with what I shared um, right before we started from David's question. And uh, when I left my ministry as a pastor in Michigan, I, I was so excited about coming back to Word of Life and, and serving, not knowing that uh, we were going to be in a pandemic, not not knowing all of these other things that were going to happen. And when we left, uh, when we left, it, it was like we left a hole because my last Sunday was March 15th. We didn't get to have our last Sunday, so we didn't even get to say goodbye to our church family. We come down here to Florida. We move uh, about 1,200 miles away from where we were at. And, uh, and I thought things were kind of moving in the right direction. I started work a little bit uh, sooner than I was planning, but within a month, I was already laid off. And there was no really, um, there was no really timetable of when I was going to start again or if I was going to start again. And during that period of time and, and early on in the first couple of weeks, and in fact, uh, um, I felt like I was handling it fairly well. But people began to talk to me about the circumstance and they would say, I can't believe they laid you off. I can't believe that they would do this to you. They moved your family. You left your church that was growing. You left your camp that was growing. 
and you come down here to serve in another ministry, man, they owe it to you. And I began to believe that statement. And the truth is, is that I'm not owed anything. I don't deserve anything. In fact, I didn't even deserve to have God send his son to die for me. But what God wants from me is to accept his gift. Now, was it by accident he moved me down here? No. And could he have been leading us in a totally different direction by getting us down here? Absolutely. I don't know. And unfortunately that, you know, now that we look back on it, I can say that that wasn't the case. But even now I can begin to look back on it and see that God needed to for me just to trust him in the moment. And the hard part was is that I didn't have my church family that I was close to, that I was very connected to, to encourage me and strengthen me during this time. There were other things going on with them. They didn't have time for me. And besides that, they're 1,200 miles away. And the reason why I fell prey to the trap of deception that Satan was laying out in front of me was because I needed the body to strengthen me. Once I began to find that body, and, and still now I'm still working through some of that, the gaps begin to close and the doubt began to, dis, to, to, to go away. So it's important that our thoughts do not lead us astray. And it's important that we understand that in order for our thoughts not to be led astray, that we still need to be able to use our gifts within the body. The third thing I want to share, the first one was our thoughts are led astray when we don't put into practice what we are hearing from his word. And the second one is our thoughts are led astray when we don't use our gifts. The third one is from Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. It says our thoughts are led astray when we don't lean on each other. We don't lean on each other. I want you to look at this. He says in verse 11, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And what does that mean? He, he put these people, he put your pastor, he put the evangelists in your community. He put people like David into your life be, to to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. But if we're not going to church, if we're not having Bible studies and growing together, and if we don't have a godly man or woman teaching us, who's equipping us for the work of the ministry? Our thoughts are led astray when we don't lean on each other. See, God gifted those people to encourage us, to build us up. I think that's been the strangest thing about COVID. What it did is was it pushed us away from the, from the people that were most important to us instead of bringing us closer. It should have drawn the church closer together, not drew, drove us further apart. He says, equip the saints for the work of the ministry for what? For building up the body of Christ. Their whole job is to build us up. But many times those people, and this is the deception of Satan, it's like all we hear is fire and brimstone and everybody's going to hell and all these types of things. And we don't work through the things we need to work through together. The God's word is more than that. 
God's word is, is something that encourages and strengthens and builds each other up. We're to build up the body of Christ. Why? Verse 13 tells us that because until we all attain the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. We need to keep encouraging each other until we hit that place in our lives where we lean on each other and we do not lean on each on uh, on on things other than in each other who are leading us to God, to a mature manhood in God, to the measure, the stature, the fullness of Christ. I think that's ultimately our goal. Let's get to that place. And maybe we won't enter that place until we until we enter into eternity. And that's what I believe. But our goal is to get closer and closer, at least as close as we possibly can while we're still here. In verse 14, it says, this is this is a really important part of this, so that we are no longer children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes, rather speaking truth in love. We are to grow up in every way into him who is ahead, into the Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint, by every piece of the body with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. I think the biggest thing that Satan can deceive us in is by making us believe we don't have value in the body. The truth is, is that we need every joint. We need every piece. I think what's interesting is that God does unique things in our lives to encourage and strengthen us in ways that we sometimes will never completely understand. I, I have these uh, three final points here with this, and it says this, we know a true servant of God because they build up the body of Christ. When you're wondering if you're being deceived by a pastor or, or a spiritual leader in your life, if they are not if they are not building up the body of Christ, then you need to question whether they're truly a servant of Christ. Because their job is to build the body of Christ. Second thing, we are not to be like children who take everything we say as truth. We need to study the passages ourselves and ask God for wisdom on how to interpret it. James 1.5 says, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask God who does what? Gives it generously. The key, though, is that we have to ask God for that. We have to ask God for that. I think what's so interesting, my I, I like to make fun of my, my children. I like to joke around with them a lot. And I'm constantly, I'm, for the most part, up until about age 12 or 13, they pretty much will believe whatever I tell them. And sometimes, sometimes I'm messing around with them and sometimes it's real. And, and uh, it gets to a point where, where uh, they, they do some crazy things because they believe that what I said is, is factual. Well, now after the age of 12 and 13, they, they begin to go, okay, are you messing around with me? Are you, are you trying to get me to do something? Are you just having fun with me? 
And uh, my older daughter, I mean, she knows immediately the moment I'm messing around. That is the same description that is here. The more we grow in our walk with the Lord and spending time in his word, because growing in our walk with the Lord is spending time in the word. And I realize we're going to go through some down times and we're going to talk about that a little bit on Friday and in devotion. But we should be growing every day. And most of the time we are struggling with growing. If we were to go back to James chapter one, we're, we're struggling because we're not actually applying what we are learning. We're just reading it. We're just going through the motions. Every day I try to, as I go through my devotions, try to pick out something that day that applies and how I can use it for God. And uh, it's it has greater value to me then. So let's, we need to be honest with each other. That's the final thing that I want to say here is that we need to be honest with each other. I think the hardest things for Christians, because I think we think we're going to be judged by each other. And if we are like that, if we're someone who judges each other, well, shame on us. We're all struggling. We're all struggling in life. As Christians, we should be able to share our deepest, darkest secrets and know that as the body of Christ, we're going to work through it together. So we need to be honest with, with each other. So in conclusion, on my thoughts before we bring David back is this. Our thoughts are led astray when we try to do life in Christ on our own. Isn't that so true? Our thoughts are led astray when we try to do life in Christ on our own. See, God never intended for us to do this on our own. We need each other. Wow. Oh my goodness. Uh, Chip, that was very fast. I wish there was a way to slow it down. And <laughs> <laughs> I wish there was a way to slow it down. But let me make a promise. I'm sure I, I shall be able to keep that before Friday, I'm going to try and make sure these two episodes are broadcasted uh, so that uh, we can be in sync when it comes to Friday. And, you know, when you are starting out... I actually thought you were done with your three points. That's what I'm saying. This is really fast. When you say uh, our thoughts are led astray when we do not put into practice, and you did talk about four things. We need to listen and not do things in anger, but with humility, but also to be doers. And, and then you came down and you talked about gifts, and uh, you did talk about us leaning on each other. And it's that last point that really got me thinking so hard. Um, I don't know if you've played a game. I, I'm sure you have. You've been a coach before. But there's a point where you you get in a game um, and it has dawned on you that you're losing. <laughs> it's, time is running out. You're looking at the scoreboard and you know that you're losing the game. I don't know uh, if, if you're familiar with the team uh, in a place like that. And, and that's how I felt when you came to the last point right there. I felt like we're losing. Why? Um, because this whole situation of what we are going through right now in terms of the social distancing and uh, putting on masks and staying away from each other as far as possible is exactly playing into, um, into the devil's hands, if I can put it that way. 
we we have stayed away from each other like completely uh not just physically but also socially um i'm a strong believer in the last point you just made that we cannot we cannot do christ on our own i'm a strong believer in that and and i, I call that accountability but recently i think in the last maybe two weeks even my very close friend who i share life with has been missing in action uh just because it's difficult to stay um in contact in connection even online it's it's difficult a point comes where a phone is a distraction um and you have to turn it off and you have to put it away and yet we need each other and yet we cannot be with each other um and i want to ask especially going back to your to your story uh in what happened uh less than a year ago you having to move down uh to florida and 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 then i actually did not know you were laid off for a moment there <laughs> i do not know what i would have done if i were you but your church is a distance away i really want us to if that's okay with you to just share with us detail or some practical things you did to try and remain in connection with the body uh because it's clear from what you've just shared especially in Ephesians uh talking about being strengthened in the body the hand cannot find its strength on its own it needs the rest of the body uh, not to be led astray but how did you cope with that knowing that the church at least your direct body is thousands of miles away from you maybe that can help us to cope with this whole situation especially in Uganda right now where we are in the second uh partial lockdown schools have been closed and work is limited you cannot travel between districts at this point but how are you able to cope and what some of the what are some of the practical steps you can uh, share with us tonight uh, to remain together as the body of Christ Jim. yeah i think uh i think what is really important first and foremost is that we understand our gifts my gift is in the gift of an advanced evangelist shepherd/teacher and not being a part of a body and really not being a part of leading people at all because now I'm at home I had to find a way to do that and um really we we basically got in contact with our pastor we we tried some specific things and even that was tough just like what you're experiencing things were shut down and and uh, even trying to find a church is pretty tough but we met with a pastor and we talked through some things and i began to realize that you know what my gift is in some of these areas maybe i can do it in a different way and so i started putting some videos out and things like that on facebook and and that was a way to be encouraged but i really had to be a little bit more intentional and even though those my church my home church that we had left was so far away i had to force myself to start reconnecting myself with them and until we find a new body i still needed the old parts of the body what's interesting though and this is something that uh, i've been wrestling a lot with lately is that If you are a brother or sister in Christ, you are the church whether you are one body or a different body, we are all still the same body. And I think that for me I needed to see that right now. That right now maybe this this radio um podcast 
is the thing that is helping to engage us and encourage us. And we can say, you know what, I can endure another couple more days because because I was encouraged and lifted up today by God's word. God encouraged me and now I can encourage my family or I can encourage uh, uh, my neighbors or, or whatever the case might be. The one thing that we have to be very, very careful with and it's, it's a fine line because COVID is scary and we know COVID takes life. I have great experience in that with losing my dad to that. But we cannot lose sight of the fact that people still need people. And we need to encourage each other. And I think, mm. I think that is so important for us to understand. Mm. Wow, people still need people, and we need to be deliberate in uh, reaching out. It's interesting that you did not sit back and waited to be reached out to, but you did contact your pastor, and you got in touch uh, with people. And if you know what I'm going to do right now, as soon as the show ends, is to give my buddy a call. Whether he picks up or not, I intend to leave a voice message. Why? Because people need people. And, and so thank you. Thank you so much. Kapnes has something here that uh, she's mentioned. It said, while sharing with a friend that I had experienced peace this week when all the situations around me were screaming fear and turmoil. This peace only came when I changed my focus from what was happening to what the word of God says. And I think that's Romans uh, 12 to do not be transformed. I mean, be transformed by the renewal of your mind. I think that's that's what uh, it's talking about in Romans uh, 12. But not to get these verses wrong, allow me to just put it up so that we can be able to uh, directly quote it, Romans 12 to, but do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed, yes, by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So thank you. Thank you so much, Kapnas. Uh, and then we do have Lindsay. Lindsay has some questions here. One of the questions she's asking out of two is, how do you find the balance between knowing the truth, God's word, and fighting negative thoughts? Knowing the truth and fighting negative thoughts. I mean, just like uh, Pastor Dennis said at the beginning, there's a sense in which sometimes, not always, but sometimes the enemy does use God's word um, to make us believe falsehood. He does use God's word to make us believe falsehood or twists God's word a little bit mm. to make us believe falsehood. Sometimes it comes with questioning the very word of God. Did God really say that you must not? And so how do you find that balance? And then question number two that Lindsay is asking, is there such a thing as thinking on behalf of God, especially when you are waiting upon him, but he does not seem to respond in a way that can be seen or heard? If so, how does one go about that, especially when one's actions are not necessarily wrong? I think to support uh, Lindsay's question there, you moving back to was that uh, Michigan where you uh, you were living before? Yeah, Michigan. Yep. Yes, you moving back to Michigan was not necessarily wrong, but <laughs> or sinful. Yeah, I mean that's the word I could use. Uh, or sinful, but I mean, just go ahead, Chip, and uh, throw some more light on these two questions uh, right there. Yeah, I think I think what is important here is that we don't get in a hurry um, on on our waiting for God. 
we we want to we want an answer now and sometimes when that answer doesn't come in two or three months or even a year we we get impatient and we just go ahead and and you're right it might be part of god's plan to to move ahead but there is a piece there there was no doubt that there was a piece in my mind that we had moved down here for the right reason the the piece for me that uh, i struggled with where i couldn't find peace was was in the job itself was okay god you move me down here i have no doubt you moved me down here but maybe your plan is a little bit different and ultimately in time it is shown that god just needed me to trust him it, it's not about what i want um and i think that's where we begin to doubt is because we it's about what we want and we've got to be careful not to allow our want to overshadow God's perfect plan. And uh, sometimes his perfect plan is that he just needs us to wait in the moment so that he can work on us to prepare us for the next plan he has for us. Amen. That's the that's the waiting part. But um, how about Christian one? How do you find the balance between the truth and uh, fighting negative thoughts? Or is it related to each other? Well, negative thoughts are are always from Satan. Um, and finding the truth, you just have to go to God's word. We have to deny those negative thoughts. Um, say, God doesn't put negative thoughts in our minds. That's something we talked about on Monday. That only comes from Satan. He cannot, God cannot tempt us to sin. He can't tempt us to make us think negatively of ourselves. So when that happens, it's, you know, praying to the Lord and saying, Lord, protect me, put that hedge of protection around me that Satan does not cause me to think about these negative thoughts anymore. And we need to fill ourselves with godly thoughts. Amen. Um, I'm going to pick on one more point that you did lay out earlier on. Um, when he talks about uh, when we don't use the gifts that he has given us, our thoughts are led astray when we don't use the gifts uh, that he has given us. And I know you know that uh, this whole concept for us trying to just think through this verse, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 11, verse 3, began um, with me asking the question, why is it that very good men, uh, fall away uh, from the faith. Um, and these men, when I say good men, is men who are serving, men who are faithful in their work, at least from what we can see. At least from what we can see. They are good preachers, they are good people, and then all of a sudden you are shocked at uh, some of the truth that is revealed later on. Um, and when that happens, usually my first thought is that could have been me. I'm not any different. Um, I'm not any more perfect than them. But these men, Chip, have been serving. They have been using their gifts. Um, I mean, when you think about even David, the King David, when he fell to the sin of adultery, it was at that point when he was idle, um, walking around, having woken up in the evening. You usually wake up in the morning, not in the afternoon. And I was talking to a friend now, putting all of that together. I was talking to a friend uh, this evening who I asked, I said, where have you been? You are lost. 
And uh, I, I mentioned to her that I do not want to be known as busy to the point that I'm not available uh, anymore. And so I'm bringing all of this up really to find a balance and not to be uh, so busy that we cannot uh, find time to rest, but also not to be so idle that uh, we are useless. I think that is when our thoughts are led astray. But would you like to just uh, help us understand how do you find a balance? Because I know, Chip, you are, you are able to accomplish a lot, but I also believe that uh, you find moments to rest. How have you been able to work through uh, those two things so that you're not idle to the point that your thoughts are being led astray? Uh, they call it scrolling to the bottom of Facebook. <laughs> when you sit back <laughs> on your phone trying to find where does this Facebook page start from and you'll never find it. But how have you been able not to be idle to that point and yet not so busy uh, to be unavailable? Oh, you- this is this has got to be all of our struggle, don't you think? Uh, mm. I We all struggle with time, time management, um, feeling like we have to get so much done or even in the church, we're like, well, nobody's doing that. So I've got to do that too. Um, God gifted me to do this. And yeah, you're, maybe you're working in children's ministry and, but they need someone to work in women's ministry too. And and because you're like, "Ah, ah, I, Oh, I can do it. I, I can add one more thing. I can add one more thing. And what ends up happening is now we're not doing either one of them very good. Um, we may even be gifted in both of those areas. And unfortunately, Satan can cause us to get so busy, and that's the deception of, of who he is at times, that we lose sight of the importance of, of doing things with excellence for God. And uh, we don't have to do all things. It's one of the things we're working on in our department. Um, You know, we've lost some staff and I've had to sit down and say, what things are, are so important we cannot get rid of, but what are some things that may be important to us, but really are things we could let go of. And, and you know what? It has been free, freeing for a lot of our staff. And we, we, uh, it, it enables us to be able to concentrate. The truth is that our tasks are never going to get done. And the, the, the task of ministry is never going to stop. But if we get too busy to actually have a personal relationship with God, and that's what happens with these, with these pastors and lay leaders and people within our church that fall away, they get so busy that they forget about their relationship with God. And then the next thing you know, they're gone. They've fallen in the trap of some sort of sin, and they and and ultimately they, they their pride takes over, and they don't get the help that they need. Um, so, I, if there's an advice for me, is this say what can I do? You really can only handle one major role at a time, and uh, it, if you think you can handle more than that, know that something's gonna have to be a sacrifice and typically it's our personal relationship with god that sacrifices Hmm. amen and ladies and gentlemen that brings us to our last episode that is going to be coming up on friday the things that uh, chip is talking about we are so busy that we cannot do even one thing well we can't do it excellently 
reminds me once again of uh, 2 Corinthians 11.3. But I'm afraid that as a serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray by a sincere, from sorry, from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. And by the way, let me challenge you to memorize this verse. At least memorize its reference, 2 Corinthians 11.3. I wish we were in an auditorium together. I would ask all of us to repeat after me and just simply say 2 Corinthians 11.3. Very important pieces uh, that we've been looking at uh, recently. But I'm afraid that as a serpent deceived Eve, by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray. And on Friday, we're going to be looking at where, how does he lead us astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ, from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. It seems to me that there's some sort of devotion sometimes <laughs> that may not be pure, that may not be sincere. And uh, when I was writing to Chip, I gave him the example and I said, you may not miss church, but you may show up at church late. That is some sort of devotion, but it's not a pure devotion. It's not a sincere devotion where being late does not matter anymore. And so sometimes we just simply show up for the sake of showing up. But that will be coming up on Friday. Once again, Chip, thank you. Thank you so much for being with us uh, these uh, two days so far and being ready to be with us on uh, on Friday. Is there any final thoughts, Chip, before we come to the end of our show that uh, you'd like to I share? I think the with? final, yeah, if there's a final thought for me is just that um, if you are struggling with your walk with the Lord, your relationship with the Lord, or even just doubting, ask God for wisdom. I think, uh, I've been asking God for wisdom all week in, in what to say. Um, and it has been awesome to see how God is working in my life, uh, to encourage me. And it's, and it's looked a little different than I thought it was going to. Um, but I'm so thankful for it. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Chip. Thank you guys. Thank you, Kapnas. Thank you, Lindsay, for being here. And let me see. James also was able to join us. Simon, Thank you so much for being here. Uh, Pastor Dennis was here with us. There's someone called Moody and Angie. Angie from, uh, this must be Rwanda. All the way from Rwanda. Thank you guys for being here. Grace Natalie, it's always good uh, to see you. Always great uh, to have you. Thank you, Jenny, uh, for joining us for Cabin Devils. Hope to see you guys on Friday. Have a good night and uh, we'll see you soon. May God richly bless you.